What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 403. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John. Good to see you both. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, this week is kind of going to be like a, a leaner episode, I think. We had a big episode last week with our top 10 of mm-hmm. 2023. We're going to have a big episode next week with... Uh, Dune, Dune 2, Dune Part 2. Uh, so much so that we're getting together on Sunday. A little insider baseball here. We're all getting together at Ronald's house. We're going to watch Dune. We're going to watch Dune uh, on <laughs> his amazing home theater setup. Uh, just kind of pregame for the screening that we're going to next week for Dune Part 2. And uh, yeah, we'll be recording that next week. So this week, we got a required viewing, which has been put off by a little bit. That was my pick for uh, nine days. Movie mm. from I guess I guess it was 2021. I don't know if it's a 2020. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where festival runs were 2020, and I think it 2021 is when it actually got like a theatrical sort of quasi release. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, then we're gonna just do a bunch of what else we've seen. Just a little chit chat, a chit chatteroo about what we've seen, uh, whether it's television or movies. Um, but just a little catch up. Um, is there anything else you guys want to mention before we get into required viewing? Any any other notes, bits and bobs? Um, just uh, I want to just send all my re- really. I'm thinking of anyone close to Nick Pizzolatto during this difficult time. Um, <laughs> watching him clown himself all over uh, social media <clears throat> when when the show that he's presumably still getting paid for uh, True Detective is having a fourth season that whether you love it or don't sit back shut up cash the check bro like I don't understand the uh, that feels like um, that's just like uncool to to do that kind of thing publicly that he's doing which is essentially copying and pasting other people's nasty tweets and posts about the new season of True Detective and then being like just I'm putting this out here you know um and then that and, and, but 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 in between that happening so there's a season finale that's happening <laughs> then he like issues a sort of sort of statement like yeah let's get back to the feed about my wife and my brother and my father whatever he said it was a very like dismissive uh no ownership of what he decided to do you know could have taken the higher road from the jump and just said congratulations yeah, uh, yeah. but he, he chose the wrong path so there's there's finale his actions his comment on his actions and then hbo saying great yeah season five's coming isa isa lopez's show running uh in, you know there's a lot of like dog whistle politics that go on with like <clears throat> the way people talk about movies now so uh racists have co-opted the word woke and now when i hear it it, it really means that you've hired non-white people to be in a thing. And, you know, I've been hearing that a lot around this this season. Whenever people feel like there's diversity <laughs> for the sake of diversity, which isn't right. a terrible thing, by the way. Right. It's right. woke. Which which sure. essentially means too many, too many others in it. You know, and so I feel non-white, like that's kind of non-male. Or yes. non uh non-straight. Non non cisgender whatever. Straight. I mean, yeah, it's like sure, it can sure. be, that's another, it can be that's any another. of the above, right? Hundred percent. And so that's kind of been the narrative around this show, especially since there's like natives in it. There's like, you know, there's like this whole. <laughs> there's literally everything we just said. 
Yeah. There's natives, there's Every women, other. there's non-white, there's mm-hmm. non-probably, you know, like. Well, non-binary, uh, probably. I don't know. It's probably like a, questionable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but it's there, you know, right. whether it's 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 uh just uh, what do you call it? It's confirmed or whatever. Like it's on the there's things happening that are just literally check off <clears throat> every possible um box that we just said you know what i mean and, 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 and that doesn't like, mean mean it's great but as to what you guys are talking about with the dog yeah. whistle stuff yeah. you can tell the difference between sure. people who are like i have some problems with the way the story unfolded or yeah. I, I i like this and i didn't like that and the people who are just like wanting this to seem like it was a failure wanting this to seem like it was a flop you know um and i think that's the thing that is yeah you can you can you can catch that little <clears throat> you can hear that little other frequency in there of like it's like the, I mean, this we're all over the place on this one, but it's like when people used to talk about Obama and they had some talking point about something they didn't like about Obama, and I was sitting there thinking like, you don't care about tax reform or whatever the <laughs> yeah, thing was. It's like yeah, they saw it somewhere else. It's they like, saw it somewhere I, on their feed. But it's like point. I know what you're really saying. I know that what yeah. you fa- you found a little mask to put on this <clears> other thing, and, and I don't know. But I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that anybody who didn't like this. It's it, I'm reminded oh, no. of the Ghostbusters 2016. Oh, no. I had a couple of friends who just didn't like that, and they kind of whispered it to me they were like i didn't like lady ghostbusters but i don't want to say anything because everybody who's saying they don't like it is a dick (laughs) and i think that you have to be able to keep that space where we can be critical and we can be uh i don't know just have a conversation about the quality of a thing but still even celebrate maybe those aspects of a thing that we're talking about now as, as as opposed to whether you loved the story or whether you agree it's the best season or it's the worst or whatever whatever people are saying it's and, and to the point of Nick Pizzolatto um he's i always knew he was kind of difficult but i never i wasn't like rooting against him in this in this thing so it's weird that he did like like for me his uh I don't know what his 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 Walker ranking went way down for no real reason, just because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Like he didn't have to, he didn't have to he didn't have to weigh in. It's like Terry Gilliam talking about uh, 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 like you know modern political correctness or whatever and making a fool of himself. It's like you didn't right. have to even you didn't have to say any of that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. This just makes Nick Nick Pizzolatto seem really insecure, which is which is kind of gross for someone who's had the kind of success he's had. And he did really well. It's not like. The show, it's the highest. Really it's the highest review, best reviewed, and the highest rated. Yeah, like season. I don't I mean, understand. Wherever you fall on the, yeah, it's yeah. like if you look at just stats yeah. for a network or for creators, it's like you can't not call it successful. Like right, especially yeah. for Max, which is trying to have successful. a hit. Like Max right. wants 100%. to get that prestige sheen back. You know, um, right for sure. And this is this is the opposite effect of like say like another movie i'm just not going to name anything just to not create any sort of controversy this is like anything that somebody's pointing to that was too woke that didn't do well this is the opposite of that right so the, so the logic is so off that that like why don't we welcome more of that then that means that this next season they may double down so you might as well just get your angry your angry on now because it's going to get worse okay it, okay it, here's Issa, what i predict Issa, I, here's what I predict: there's, Issa is going to create a character based on Nick Pizzolatto. Please, oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> it's going to be obvious. <laughs> That's going to be so dope. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, oh, I did want to bring up one tidbit real quick. Um, sure. The Sony Pictures thing. Uh, so essentially, what's happening is. Uh, Disney is no longer handling their uh, their uh, physical media, 
and they've kind of assigned that over to uh, Sony, which to a lot of people seems like a terrible thing. Um, but uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment is known for making incredible uh, physical media. They 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 really make sure that the sound is good. And there's like a there's a term that's kind of come for physical media collectors for Disney, which is like a Disney mix or or the Disneyfication of of their audio, which means that sometimes you'll go to the movies and hear something, and it's not represented quite as well on physical media. And Sony is the opposite. They've I mean, especially like the Into the Spider Verse, Across the Spider Verse, they've kind of exceeded the yeah. some of the theatrical experiences. I mean. One of the bad things that's come out of this is the Disney Movie Club is pretty much going away. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's some of the lesser uh, distributed titles are kind of sold through that. So you may get something that isn't going to show up in the in a store showing up in the Disney Movie Club that may come out in very limited quantities. Um, and that that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore. So people are kind of worried that physical media has gone the way of the dodo bird. But I think it's being consolidated a little bit. I think that Sony is going to handle this with care, which also means that Sony can also uh, get other smaller labels to kind of put these out as well, which they've been known to do as well. So that may get interesting. You may get like a Arrow video during a Disney release. That mm -hmm. that could happen. It's not a not impossible. Um, but physical media people are we're shaking our fists at the sky, wondering <laughs> Why? what's gonna come out of it. Why, god damn it. Wondering what's going to come out of it. So, right. well, I mean, every It'll so often it seems like people catch on a little bit more to this idea of why physical media might be important. Right. So it's like every round, I feel like I hear, it's funny to hear like the same, oh, they're making less of this, or this store is closing, or where are people getting it, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then you hear also about people complaining about this all these series being taken off the streaming services that own mm -hmm. them. Like even when it's like a right. Netflix show and it's the possibility of not being able to get a Netflix show on Netflix. And it's like, well then what's the, now the whole physical media thing. I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting, we're at an interesting moment that feels we like are. it could be a pivot point. And I, I worry that what we're pivoting towards is <laughs> just less access to things and not, not assuming you're going to have permanent access to things. Uh, just because sure. they exist, which for the longest yeah. time has been the case for just about anything, yeah. is like it's going to have a some kind of home where you can just find it and watch it. Yeah. Um, and you know maybe things are going to seem more precious, and maybe that will increase the demand then for more physical media. You know, because um, people st now people don't even have players, or a lot of people don't have like the right setup to even play stuff. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. One thing well, for be sure, collected. it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And I will be, have some of those things in my house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some of them, at least. Very cool. Well, Any... Steve. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to. We, we were segueing, I think, in the right direction. There we go. Um, but yes, why don't you take us into <clears throat> required viewing for this week? It's your pick. Yeah. So, again, this is uh, a movie called Nine Days. This is uh, a movie that kind of was on the festival circuit in 2020. I think I'm pretty sure the, the theatrical piece of it was in 2021. Um, but I just remember kind of hearing a lot of great stuff about this during, <clears throat> you know, the beginning or, you know, the, the, the pandemic of all the festivals. You know, there was opportunities to watch stuff 
virtually, which we were able to take advantage of over the years. Um, but I don't know. I just remember this having a place in my mind. Um, a lot of critics that I kind of follow, whether it's on Twitter or eventually, you know, TikTok, people that I just kind of keep in touch with. Um, a lot of them had been mentioning this movie and, you know, seeing it on a lot of end of year lists in 2021 from certain critics and websites and trades that I, you know, keep up with just for end of year lists in general to kind of make sure I'm not missing movies, you know, that I've never heard of, but it was cool to see this kind of come back up after hearing good stuff and having no way to watch it because it just wasn't available for such a long time. But, um, you know, it just kind of hit my radar again, like I said, a couple episodes ago, mainly because of the cast, you know, like, you know, these uh, <clears throat> mainly Winston Duke, who I, I love and I feel like you don't see enough of. And, you know, uh, he's coming out and he's going to be in that Ryan Gosling film later this year uh, or this this spring, I guess, summer with Emily Blunt called The Fall Guy. I, I saw him pop up in the trailer. I'm not sure how big his role is in that movie, but um, I just yeah would love to see more of him. But also Benedict Wong, um, Tony Hale, Bill Sarsgaard, uh, Zassi Beats. And recently, just from the most recent season of Fargo, uh, David Reisdahl is in it as well. I know mm-hmm. John probably appreciated that. Yeah, um, it's cool to see him. I, when, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't know if I'd seen him anywhere yeah. else before or if I should have. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, he did do something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just something that I knew was available finally, um, pretty wide, and just uh, I was like, yeah, it's a good opportunity. As I go down my list of things I've missed. Right. Uh, over over recent past, it's just like I gotta I gotta catch up with this now. So um yeah, I don't know. What what did you guys uh, did you have any awareness of it? Well, you know, and we can kind of get into what you guys thought of it too. John, you go first. Um you know, honestly, you I I know that I had heard something about it and I knew because I knew something about the concept. Yeah, but I feel like it had blended with a couple of other things in my mind, and I think that happens sometimes, you know, with this kind of ensemble cast, especially when it's this kind of or indies level ensemble where it's like a couple of names that are sort of big and a couple of people sure. that you know because you know them from different projects. So I think that was my awareness of it, and it had just kind of completely like it wasn't <clears> on my it wasn't on my radar at all. So, but when you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that you know that movie existing. I remember hearing somebody talking about it. So. um you know, and it, it's kind of an interesting concept. We we you, you set it up last time. It's sort of magical <clears throat> realism, uh, sci-fi, almost kind of. I mean, I don't know what genre you would put it in. I, it reminded me of the, that that movie. Um, in a way, what dreams may come is that the name of that movie, the Robin yeah. Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Like in, any movie that has like a metaphysical sort of uh, almost allegorical approach to to depicting some kind of life after life scenario. But this idea of souls that have not been to through the experience of a human life yet, um, auditioning essentially for a spot to exist and then like being wiped out of existence if they don't pass that audition. I mean, I feel like there's different versions of things that are adjacent to that, that we've seen. So in some way, I feel like it does slot into a kind of, um, category uh but it's still a very unusual movie and i think that you know the most noteworthy things about it um i mean you kind of already mentioned the cast and i think the overall the look and feel and mood of it it you know it 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 may have gotten a bit repetitive for me by the time it was done um but i did appreciate the sort of um 
I don't know, for lack of a better term, kind of classy production value. Like it was just a, it was just a, a, a well-made thing. And I think that, um, you know, all those actors that you mentioned are people that, you know, can, can be really good. Like Tony Hale is somebody who, whenever I see him in something, especially something a little more dramatic, I'm kind of impressed at just right. how much you realize that Buster uh, Bluth was a performance, you know, and his, his role on Veep was a performance. Um, but also it's interesting seeing Winston Duke, you know, carry a film. How do you think he did Ronald as a lead of, of a movie? <clears throat> I think he did great. Um, I'm always conflicted with these sorts of movies because they're heavy. And I feel like as a person that consumes a massive amount of like smaller stuff, I'm always feeling weird when stuff like this rises to the top. Cause there's like, 80 movies that have existed like this in the past 20 years that people just don't talk about. And then this is the one that people choose. It's accessible. It's easy to kind of pitch to somebody. So I'm always conflicted about movies like this. Cause I got to be honest. So it's, it's like entry level indie stuff. But it's well, incredible. You mean in terms of the cast and the production it's, value it's, or in terms of yeah, the kind of story it's, that yeah, it is? Yeah, it, it, the type of story it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy en entry level sort of stuff. I don't mean I don't mean in terms of complication of story. I just mean like in terms of the scope of the story. I could you know that there, there's a lot of movies that kind of take on this sort of you know existential stuff and oh what what would your life be like and here's here's this dead person or here's this alive person or is this there's a lot of movies like this. I love uh, your explanations. There's like soul. I mean, like, can I give you soul? Can I give no, you? No, you're I mean, right. No, like, that's what yeah, I was trying to shit. talk about. Too. There's yeah, 80 like, movies like this. Right. I'm just saying there's 80s movies like this. And this is the the issue I have with that, again, is I champion a, a lot of movies and they just, nobody gives a fuck about these movies, but people are raving about this. Like, it's it's hard to describe, man. But, but like in a very small echo chamber. Like yeah. I feel like nobody yeah. knows this movie exists. Yeah. That, that's my that's my that's kind of yeah. like my reason to select it because like even mm -hmm. though I was aware of it and it did pop up on some end of year lists and things like that once it actually came out, it's yeah. you know, nine out of ten people I've asked about this, friends, family, I've let no clue what it is. Right. Yeah. You no, know, no registration of what it is. And then you're like, oh, this isn't it. No, you start like you said, naming the people, and you're like, Oh wow, that's like like people I yeah. know. Like I recognize those names. How have I not heard of it? Because it like literally came out and went nowhere and went away real quick. That's my um, grumpy. That's that. That was my grumpy part. But but that's I'll, your grumpy. I will say, <laughs> I got my grumpy part out because I I needed to get that off my chest. Because there's like there was like a moment. I don't know if on <clears> Twitter <throat> on 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 Twitter and Instagram and TikTok a little bit. There was like a period where I was seeing this this movie quite a bit, and it, oh, that's that's really? like. Yeah, it's like the, you know, it's like the internet verse knows, you know, they, they like quote yeah. things from it and yeah, yeah, yeah. show us the, the end scene and all that. It, it, I got that part up. But in general, <laughs> in, in terms of this, this just being a movie, good God, man. What an incredible study of the human condition. And um, Winston Duke and uh, the, his character, his name, character's name is Will, right? Or, yeah, uh, he's Will. Yeah, he's Will. Will and Kyle, and this the dynamic that that existed in this world, and you know, yeah, Kyle played of, by Benedict Wong. We should, yeah, mention, Benedict who's, Wong was who might be incredible. my favorite person in the movie. Like I thought that, yeah. his, I thought he underplayed. Like I feel like he hit the right pitch for me of of making this 
the world building stuff they had to do. I felt it felt very natural <clears throat> coming out of him. Um, he he was really conversational. Uh, Winston Duke was yeah. was a bit more theatrical. I mean, again, his character is more of an emotional arc. But yeah. um, I thought that Benedict Wong was like really naturalistic and warm and 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 really hate really helped me sort of buy into the these as characters and not just as like symbols. Even knowing what the movie was about, nobody told me what the movie was about. I knew what it was about within. 15 minutes or so of watching it yeah, and how it was going to end. I still cried my ass off. <laughs> oh, you, you, you oh, it made you cry. Okay. I kept waiting for that. See, I kept waiting yeah. for, for it to hit me like that. And I think that's why I felt uh, a little me. bit like if this movie, you know, when, when you can tell a movie's supposed to be doing that and it's mm-hmm. not, you're like, was well, it me or the movie? You know, but I'm glad to it's hear that. True. Okay. It's not me. It's not, but <laughs> it's, I did cry. I sometimes cried. it doesn't work out between you and a movie, you know? Yeah. But it's also like my daughter's birthday's tomorrow. So I'm like, yeah. I've been real like. Awesome. Anyway. But yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, especially, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I, I, as, as, as grumpy as I can be about movies, I'm pretty like optimistic about a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. just, 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 Talk, just look at our conversations about trying to get movies that we want to get that we, that we don't have access to. I'm, I'm always like, we can do it. We can, we can get it. We can right. get it. These people will talk to us. But the optimism is what keeps life kind of feeling amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. So seeing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Zazie Beat's character kind of come in and the, 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 the like impact that she has on everybody she's around. Just warmed my heart, man. And I, I just knew what was coming, and I could see in her challenging everything in every scene. I knew it was coming. It still, it still got to me. And there's something about just people like that in the world that just, you know, we need people like that. Um, I knew I was being manipulated, and I still, I still felt for it. it played me. I didn't I, like. I didn't really feel as manipulated. Like I felt like I think that's really what worked so well for me. And I like. Yeah, in the end, I thought this movie was great. I, I definitely mm. was pretty emotional towards the end of it, and even earlier scenes in the movie. I feel like. Uh, I think I think it's like very deliberate and and kind of like the people that he or these souls that he's interviewing. And again, just to recap, these are he's interviewing these souls to decide. He's picking one to re, to re, basically replace. Uh, a, a person who is living who died like uh, one mm. of his selections that he's made as this yeah. in this role kind of his, his favorite, favorite yeah. his favorite yeah. selection has died suddenly and the reason to, uh... and the reason that she dies is kind of like earth shattering to him mm. and when they when he realizes that or, or comes to that, that realization so he's kind of interviewing these souls to decide who will be born and have a chance to replace that life um you know on earth or whatever but I, I just felt like the way the interviews were going and kind of showing the different levels of um, whether it was optimism or a little more uh, like uh, guarded about things or like the self-consciousness that one of them kind of had. I just felt like the way it kind of touches on all these elements of like kind of what makes, you know, what makes us us or the or the different flavors of what can make us us, um, I thought was like really well handled. And I think through the course of those interviews, and, you know, especially with Emma's character who um, couldn't be less interested in the in being selected. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's the that's mm-hmm. the piece of her performance, especially that really stood out to me, because I think it's something that um, maybe 
is something that maybe he hasn't been and hasn't encountered in 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 his experience doing this right especially especially like his unique situation where he he was he was a, a soul that was chosen to live and now he's in this experience where like his where Kayo Benedict Wong's character like never was never lived you know he's always been just in this soul realm or state I, I just like that logic of it all just really kind of I think had a pretty big impact on me of like you know Will's demeanor and and kind of how he is challenged by Emma and like her her interviews you know and like the way she kind of handles a lot of the questions um and even you know I don't, not to get any spoilers but like just towards the end of the film there's certain decisions and certain comments and things that happen that but specifically between the two of them that I think just really have a, a huge impact on Will uh which is you know you see in the film pretty clearly but I just thought that that all worked really well for me. And again, the performances I think are great, but Winston and Zazie are like, just, I thought were great in the movie together um, in the scenes that they shared, especially, but uh, I thought the movie like played pretty quickly. Like it, it could, it could be taken as heavy and yeah, you're right. It, it kind of, it's got a vibe of what dreams may come. Soul is obviously like a direct correlation. I was also feeling a bit of like eternal sunshine a bit mm -hmm. like in terms of like the value of the here and now and doing things over and things like that and yeah. the kind of representation too of like memory as, as yeah. like as this kind of degraded videotape yeah. kind of thing that might yeah. even be like ch shifting i mean th this movie doesn't touch on that the idea that it may change as you come back to it but that idea that it is sort of an imperfect record even though you're seeing from the point of view of the person right he's right, seeing right, everything right. um and, and that mixture of like low tech and high tech does remind me of because uh, uh, we just watched Eternal Sunshine, uh, my wife and I watched it uh, with Henry. Um, my wife, my family, Nikki and I watched it with Henry, and um, my and wife, my wife, and uh, you know, I, it was the first time I'd seen that in a while, and I had sort of forgotten how much that movie does get into the sort of the technology behind what you're doing, and right, him sitting right. there at the bank of televisions did kind of remind me of Mark Ruffalo at the at the computer, you know, um, looking in the. Jim Carrey's memories in that. So I, again, yeah. it does fit into a lot of things. I feel like, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't work for me emotionally as much, but I do think the, the concept was kind of interesting. And I think what, what you guys have said about the way that it, um, like there is that moment where you realize like, okay, if we think of this as an allegory, or if we think of this in a relatable way, this idea of like being the right soul for the right, like slot that's open. Yeah. Yeah. And like what, like in this case, like how you're earning that slot. And so you have to kind of extrapolate like, okay, therefore, if you're not being chosen, then you're showing some trait that would make you less suited for the world or less suited to replace this particular person. And it's yeah. an interesting thing. I mean, it doesn't really bear out with the way we view reality, but that idea of what's your value and what do you bring and what quality might someone see in you that would make them think this person needs to exist in the world, you know? Um, it's interesting because of like... Uh, Zazie Beetz character it's like she, her not being interested doesn't take her out of the running in fact it puts her more in the running right right it's kind of that thing of like the person you really want to be president is the person who doesn't want the job you know <laughs> so it's yeah, like yeah. Um, once you want it then suddenly you've got these other qualities or other traits that you that are not the qualities that might make you right for it so I think it's interesting the the if you think about why she was special and also why, and I I, th I think we do spoil in this section, but I won't say too much, but I think why she, she might not, the plot might not go the way that you would think it go around. It would go around her um, despite her being 
like you've said, Ronald, kind of a, a, a positive force in the story. I think that there is something kind of interesting about... You can take apart the reasons behind it, I guess is what I'm saying. It's a little bit of a philosophical question that the movie leaves you with. Because it's not... All, it, like, he doesn't explicitly state to everybody who disappears and who doesn't make the cut. Like, we don't really find out what their crime was or what their quality was. We can kind of see them, though, and intuit what it was. Like, oh, this character is a little... Uh, doesn't care about other people's suffering as enough. Oh, this character doesn't have enough confidence, you know, whatever. Uh, there's, there's, those are things that don't make you bad. They just might make you less right for this assignment of, of being on earth. And that's where sure. it does make me feel like it's a Pixar thing of like the, 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 <laughs> the end goal is to, you know, to win the existence on earth that we all know is so, so grand, but you know, I don't know, even in the movie, it's interesting that the people don't seem to be having great lives or anything. The people that he's chosen, um, so I don't know. It it yeah. It it can't help but make you think about stuff. And it is nice to see a movie like this that isn't like connected to a particular faith as well. I would say that that that's another yeah. thing. I think that might make it for some people might make it feel sort of soft. But I think it's cool that it uh, <clears throat> it exists in that kind of philosophical thought experiment way. Um, and it's you know it's really developed. It reminds you me almost of like an episode of an anthology show. You know where mm. they where they take a concept and turn yeah. it into a whole world. I, the, the one little like nugget about the movie that I, I loved was like when he goes through a selection process, like even if they're not selected, uh, I like that, you know, he tried to basically recreate like some sort of life event that they yeah. would have wanted oh. to experience, Yeah, you know, before they disappear forever. Right. Like that, that idea of like, you didn't make the cut, but here's a taste of what could have been. Yeah. And uh, whatever comes will come. I, I don't know. Like that was... It's so sad, but it was also like so. I don't know. It was like, I don't know. Merciful well, or something. I don't know. It was just like. Well, you I, feel I, like that's part of me. the that's part of the system, and then you yeah, find yeah. out, or at least my impression was that's something he does. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting. It's yes. Like, yeah. And and, yeah. and I feel like it's because he had it. You know, yeah. like he right, right. he was there, and Kaio was never there. So where know. does it's, where does Kaio like? Why do some souls get to stick around and work in this? I mean, did we find that out? That I'm, I wondered if I missed a line that explained why no. Kaya, why he and Kaya didn't get dispersed into nothingness. Why they got the the sort of positions that they got. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's like ever kind of clarified or okay. really kind of ironed out. No, right. I worry like, that I missed is, a line or something. No, no, I think it's like this is, this is just what it is. Yeah. Which but is I dug, fine. I dug that piece of it though. Well, with him, it makes I mean, sense. Like it, it makes sense if you'd lived a life. And then ended up back there that maybe you would have a different status. But with Kaio, it wasn't clear to me if like if we knew why he didn't get like is is it maybe that if you don't if you, like maybe you don't all not all souls have to try out for this placement. You know, you only you only get dispersed into nothingness if you try out and fail. Because it did seem like there was that other uh, person who kind of worked for the yeah. for the organization or the system or whatever you want to call it that that popped by. But um, anyway. Um, and it's out there. I didn't even. I didn't even. Uh, did, did, one thing I would say about this movie that I thought was very odd. Did, did you notice there were like twelve minutes of credits? No, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't watch. It them was all. like two hours and four minutes long, and it ends at an hour and fifty-two minutes. And I was shocked oh. that there's like twelve minutes of credits on there. Damn, hmm. that's wow. That's a lot of credits. That's my point. <laughs> was it? Was it crowdfunded? I mean, was it you know, one of those things? I did not notice. Um, like, I didn't. I didn't just watch them. I just noticed this. Like, oh wow, that's all credits that's left. <clears throat> um. So yeah, nine days. 
I, I would definitely recommend it uh, to check out. I mean, again, it's like one of these little things. I, I was a little confused where you were going when you started, Ronald, about like the indie, like why is this one rising? Because I, I, I was like, I, it's not. <laughs> like I feel like it needs more. Yeah, like yeah. there's other indies that I think have found. I just heard about it a lot. I, maybe like, it's just because well, of the movie group. Maybe it's just because yeah, we're also like a, we also yeah. have like you know we're in our little bubble. Of yeah, like, it's a little bubble. We see man. a lot of stuff. Hell yeah, most people never knew existed, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad I finally got to check it out. I definitely me too. And I feel like in general it was like a movie that kind of even even though I got emotional watching it, it like made me feel good. Like yeah, yeah. It made me feel good about like life. Like you're saying things about your daughter's birthday, like little things of like these these trips that we take around the sun every year. It's just like these mm -hmm. sure these things that we need to appreciate and like understand that in some way, shape or form in the scope of this film, like we're a soul that got selected, you know? Right. Know, that right, kind of right. was like no, blowing my mind a little bit. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at too, is that like the idea that what we experience as just an everyday moment, someone who's never experienced life might look at it on a little screen and go, Oh my God, that looks cool. Riding a bike down the street. Absolutely. Oh my God, that looks amazing. Walking on the beach. Yeah. That looks amazing, you know. Like, yeah, dude, so so true. So it's like, so and true. it is true that, like, I mean, it's not. And hey, take don't take things for granted, you know. I mean, it's not a lesson <laughs> that we haven't thought about, but still, when that, yeah, okay. Well, you guys are gonna get me more emotional than the movie did. So let's go. <laughs> I'll just talk yeah. about those yeah. things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Put them in our put them in our day to day. Yeah, like, right. Oh, man, this right. Fucking, it makes me upset. <laughs> oh my god, the three of us are on three little screens. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right. Imagine Winston Duke oh. sitting in if a dark you're following, house if maybe he's us. watching on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder uh, who's, so who's next. Who's next for uh, required viewing? I am next in the rotation, Let's and do it. A, a funny thing happened on the way to required viewing uh, this time because um, I had selected a movie that was just next because I thought it'd be a fun one to pick because it was one that I had always heard I thought positive things about, um, and 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 it was a hole in a certain director's career that I hadn't seen, and it had actors that I love in it, so I was like, why not? Why not check it out? And then very recently, this movie was in the news. Because one of the actors in this movie said it's not a good movie. And then it kicked off this online debate about whether Red Eye is a good movie or not. Uh, it's not a movie I've seen, but I love Rachel McAdams and I love oh Killian Murphy. Oh, my God. Let's and I, go. And I, and I tend to love Wes Craven. So I'm going to find, gonna out, love, you're gonna gonna love find out Red Eye. which side of the debate I fall on with Red Eye. Uh, a movie I don't like bet I said, money, that, okay, but I'm well, betting that you're going to like it, John. This is, this is crazy. But that you heard, you did, this. did you see where Killian Murphy though said said it wasn't a very good like he was he did that thing that a lot of actors do that yeah. always kind of lets me down where they'll say oh I thought of that as kind of a B movie and it's like you yeah. go oh shit I thought it was cool that you were in a B movie uh, but now I understand that you know because you work with Christopher Nolan you guys sit around and I don't know sip tea and <laughs> and talk about B movies but no I think that there is something that maybe it doesn't matter what what an actor thinks if they were good in a movie or not so I, that doesn't mm. mean I'm going to walk into it thinking well this can't be good if the actor doesn't think it's good but that that does sort of disappoint me it's similar to the Nick Pizzolatto thing of just like you're not supposed to say that Killian Murphy you right know, right right that's a Wes Craven movie but he, he was complimentary towards Rachel McAdams but what was interesting was just seeing like all the people that then said I can't believe there's any debate about this and they were either really pro or really against and i had never wow. really seen people being really against that movie before this recent wave and this wasn't like the online twitter stuff this was sort of people i know that it came up and i don't know so i'm i'm interested you know I, I was interested to watch it before it was the next on the list but now it's slightly more topical <clears throat> mm. love it love, love, love the pick fan of the film can't wait to watch it again 
We just had an intense conversation about this in the James household. Ooh. This this trailer fucked my wife up. Like she did she doesn't watch things with Killian Murphy and was very hesitant to see Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer because of this. Do you remember do you remember the campaign? Of, of course, Steve, yeah. you remember. Do you remember it was like a, a rom-com yeah. yep. trailer? And then yep. the the very first trailer goes to them sitting in the chair, and then it, it gets very dark and focuses on Killian's eye in red. And then every other trailer was like a normal trailer, but that particular one is burned into my soul. And Aaron, she was affected by it in a very different way. She didn't really watch anything with Killian Murphy literally after seeing that trailer. She never sought anything out with him. That's good. I mean, she saw work. Batman Begins. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, but also, just you know, just everybody. Since we are also talking about two Dune movies next week, uh, mm-hmm. I, I did you guys a favor. This movie is a brisk like eighty six minutes long. So, okay, yeah, cool. So it's it's not, yeah. not too much homework. <clears throat> mm. Cool, man. Uh, it looks like it's on. Uh, it looks like it's on Fubo TV. If you have that, it's also on Paramount Plus. The stream. Okay, and then every every platform to rent or buy. You can buy it for four ninety nine on Amazon in four K right now digitally. If you want. it was just remastered, like yep. literally just came out. Nice, very exciting. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. I like the pick again. Uh, I go into this saying I remember really liking Red Eye, and I haven't okay. seen it, yet, but yeah, awesome cast. And I feel like yeah, once yeah, that, that that cut in the trailer you're referring to, like that's really like that is how the movie plays. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that that was that was like the marketing for it really is the movie. And I think that's mm. kind of what was kind of genius about some of the marketing, but I'm excited, man. I love Rachel McAdams. Well, we love when they Me sell too. us the movie that we actually get, Steve. That's one of those things that that we're fans right. of on this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean uh, more s- severely the movie, you can feel it like change gears. Oh, like okay. Literally, mm. like it, it like what Ronald said. Like I'm not trying to spoil the movie. You watch the trailer. It's like oh yeah, I mean I know enough the, about the it. The first really ten minutes it. of the movie, you're like oh this is like a sweet rom com. <laughs> the ten minutes of an 84 minute movie, like you said, and then it's like they get on the plane and like oh this is not a rom com, you know. <laughs> and it's and it's it's a ride, man. It's it's I love that movie. It's so fun. Again, Paramount Plus. If you want to watch, uh, watch watch along with us for next week. Very cool. All right. So what else have you guys watched? Anything exciting? Wow, that sounds good. Well, I mean, um, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I've, I was going to let someone go before I went with mine, but I could, I could go. <clears throat> I saw, uh, I saw Driveaway Dolls, uh, the oh. Ethan Cohen film, the solo film, um, mm. and I think that it's you can look at Joel Cohen's Macbeth, and then look at Ethan Cohen's Driveaway Dolls, and you can see what they add to each other's <laughs> aesthetic so much. And I don't even mean that to be too oh, much wow. of a slam. Uh, Driveway Dolls is a goofy, silly, funny, it's another, I mean, maybe 80-something minute long thing with exaggerated characters. And, and you know, it, it actually feels kind of a little, it almost leans more into like B-movie uh, ex- exploitation film kind of vibe. It's more raunchy and, tr- you know, it tries to be a little different for, for something they would do, but it does feel like, it does remind you at times of the Coen brothers kind of style of humor, but it doesn't have the visual style uh, 
that you can see all over Macbeth. Um, and not that there's a lot of reason to cram Coen Brothers jokes into Macbeth, but I mean, that movie was perhaps lacking a little bit of the, the, the liveliness and character that I was just describing, you know, that you expect from a Coen Brothers movie. So I feel like overall, I don't know how successful this movie was for me. I have seen a lot of people online uh, reacting to the, the sort of positive and sort of unexpected queer representation that's in this film. There's a lot more, it's just a lot more focused on the, like the two lead characters are lesbians and they're very frank and it's a, it's a very raunchy, sexually explicit sort of movie in terms of the dialogue and the humor in it. And um, it's co-written by um, by uh, uh, Ethan Cohen's wife, uh, Trisha Cook, who's also an editor that they've worked with for years. Wow. So it's like it has a little bit of a different aesthetic. You can feel that kind of Cohen Brothers aesthetic. So I'm not going to try to judge it based on, oh, it doesn't feel like a Cohen Brothers movie. Um, but that is kind of what I'm doing in the back of my mind is thinking like, I wish this was I wish this had a little bit more visual style and panache to it. However, the subject matter kind of leans into the sort of sillier tone and and less less self-serious tone so i i think some people might have a lot of fun with this movie and other people i think are going to find the characters kind of kind of flimsy and and grating and um not too different from the way say like a real stylized performance like jennifer jason lee's performance in the hudsucker proxy you know she does that kind of mid-atlantic accent um uh what's her name uh quali is it uh margaret Margaret Qualley. She's doing a very stylized Texas accent in this that I don't know if it's based on any actual Texan, <laughs> but it's very stylized and it's very movie and it's even kind of Coen's and it never quite clicked for me. Uh, and I think that that kept me <clears throat> at arm's length from the movie at different points, but I did still find bits and pieces of it amusing. And like I said, if you're, if you're kind of starved for that Coen's flavor and that kind of back and forth dialogue, this movie does have traces of it. It's just not as refined um, and I don't think it's trying to be the same thing as a Coen Brothers movie, but there, you can't help but wish, you know, it, if it could feel a little tighter and a little more focused, um, you know, it would scratch that itch. Uh, but I think, like I said, I think a lot of people are going to have, have fun with this one. This is a movie that really doesn't expect you to take it seriously almost from the first frame. And, you know, <clears throat> so you almost can't be too hard on a movie like that. <clears throat> cool. cool. So yes, my short short review is should be more like Macbeth. <laughs> oh, I that's I a cool quote. You got Ron. Sorry, <laughs> that's cool. Um, so there was a movie that I've been trying to watch for the last like year, and I've stopped it like ten times, but I gave it a chance uh, very recently and wound up loving it. There's a it's a South Korean movie called Alienoid. Um. The basic premise is uh, there's a there's an alien race that basically ran out of space on space in space and then decides to use human bodies as prisoners for the for these criminals that exist on their planet. So you know every couple people has a prisoner inside their body and they don't know it. They don't have memories of it. They don't have anything but they occupy their body. Sometimes they get out uh, and there happens to be one that's very dangerous that gets out. And uh, it's a mission of these two androids to kind of get that prisoner back into a body. <laughs> it's a really weird premise. Sounds and it cool, works somehow. Uh, it's, it's really visually stunning. Um, and it is some of the best sound that I've ever heard, but it's a really cool, easy to follow sort of premise. Um, 
it's it's why I kind of introduce South Korean movies in my life every couple months. Like I always find something new that I've never seen before. Um, it's it's on Tubi right now. Um, one of the characters uh, is in uh, what's her name, Kim Ray Lee. Uh, is actually her debut movie was um, The Handmaiden, which was Park yeah. Chan Wook's first American film. Really, really good actress. You've probably seen her before and other stuff, but mm -hmm. this is, it's crazy. Like, Handmaiden was her breakout movie, first movie she's ever been in. And then to see her in this movie, you know, like a couple years later, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, there's a second movie coming out, uh, and I think that's why I decided to watch it. Uh, Alienoid 2 is actually in theaters right now. But you can see the first one on Tubi right now. It's fun. It's e it's easy to follow. It's not too violent either. Like I feel like you could bring like a young kid in it, and he'd be like, "Oh, an alien's taking over this person's body," and it wouldn't be too bad. There's a little bit of death in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's a fun film. I don't know why. Like it sounds like it shouldn't have worked, and somehow it worked. And I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But Alienoid. Available on Tubi for free. Steve, got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I wanted to mention uh, two movies. The first is a animated film on Netflix that Ooh. is actually written by Charlie Kaufman hmm. called Orion in the Dark um, yeah. that I watched with my kids or with Sydney specifically this past weekend. Um, and she's probably watched it three times since then herself. But um this is just a, basically a story about a, a, a kid with like a wild imagination constantly goes the worst case scenario. But the thing he fears the most is nighttime or the dark. And he's kind of visited by uh, a, 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 a quote unquote monster giant, like a personification of dark in, in the form and voiced oh, wow. by uh, Paul Walter Hauser. That's right. uh, Jacob Tremblay is the voice of Orion. It's also got like Angela Bassett, Colin Hanks. Uh, Nat Faxon, uh, Ike Barinholtz, Carla Gugino, awesome cast. Like just all these, you know, names pop up all throughout. Yeah, Rob Delaney. Uh, yeah, Rob Delaney. Um, Natasia Dimitrio from, uh, <laughs> from What We Do in the Shadows. Mm -hmm. Nastia is in it. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, it's a really, it's a really good looking animated film. Like I like the animation style and it was really cool. And like kind of, again, it's kind of got that thing where like, you know, inside out did for like all the feelings and emotions it's it's like kind of doing these um figures that are kind of representing uh the dark and uh dreams and um insomnia and you know like all these things that kind of make the nighttime go forward you know in terms of how people um sleep or don't sleep or what they do while they're sleeping it's just kind of really cool ideas especially like kids trying to navigate um, just getting to a point where you're comfortable enough to go to sleep. And he kind of goes on this adventure with uh, the dark character um, in this world where it, you kind of see the balance between day and night and all these things. But um, the voice, the voice talent's great. Um, it was really cool to see or to hear Paul Walter Hauser. I love him. And I think his voice work um, for the, for dark is, is, was really fun. And um, yeah, I was like surprised when I saw the Charlie Kaufman pop up on uh when the credits started rolling but uh the, the guy who directed it really God, i think what's his name sean Tramatsi. i think he did some of the trolls movies or has some involvement in the trolls movies 
but I, I thought it was really fun. Like it was, I, and it's, it's got that kind of emotional ending that it's like, oh my god, like it's it literally. I feel like I said that out loud as I was watching it, because <laughs> it does this really kind of fun thing where like the movie is starting as the story of Orion, this kid. And as we're watching the story, the story breaks and it's the adult Orion telling the story to his daughter who's going through the same thing. And there's these layers on the movie as our narrator is the kid that we're watching um, and kind of how his journey as a child is being told to his daughter. And she kind of has her own involvement in that journey. Gets a little kind of like uh, sci-fi heady at times, but in a fun way. Um but yeah, anytime like, you know, kids get older and you see the connections between them and their parents, stuff like that, it's like we talked about it earlier. It's just like it's instant mush for me, um, right. especially if it works with the characters. But it was it was a cute, fun movie on Netflix right now. It's called Orion in the Dark. And on the other side of the spectrum, there's a really great action movie in theaters right now, directed by William Eubank, who uh, is one of these filmmakers I feel like is slowly becoming... Like there's a small, there's a crop of filmmakers that I feel like their names have been consistent over the past two, three, four years that are like the names I just look for. And he's one of them. Um, he did The Signal years ago. He did Underwater a couple years back with Kristen Stewart. Um, he had the, um, oh, what he did, he did some on one other film, but this is called Land of Bad. Um, it's in theaters right now. Liam's Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. Liam Hemsworth is like the star of the movie. Mm -hmm. But Russell Crowe is also in it. Luke Hemsworth is in it. Uh, Mila Ventimiglia is in it from like um, This Is Us and uh, Young Rocky at some point. People maybe know him has. But um, it's basically like a special ops gone bad action mm -hmm. movie um, over the course of like 48 hours. And it mixes this element of... Um, you know, like the the military ops stuff, which I'm not really in the bag for normally for those kinds of movies, uh, especially just like the military period. But I just feel like um, I kind of get burned out on those and they yeah. all feel like they do the same thing. But the wrinkle in this is that same. like there's this juxtaposition of the character that Liam Semworth's playing. He's along for this ride because he's a JTAC specialist. So he's in communication with the people that like are manning and and coordinating drones so like oh, wow. there's these boots on the ground soldiers who are like hardened marines and then there's this jtac agent who's with them who's also a soldier but it's like what's the combination of what they can accomplish with these old school military tactics and new technology where they exceed in some ways and falter in the others but all in all it's just a really kind of it's it's a super solid action movie like one of the better action movies it's not john wick type of action oh, movie wow. that I've seen recently. So um, I don't know what the plan is, if it's going to be in theaters for a while or if it's got a VOD window yet. Um, but yeah, this dude made a great film a couple years ago called Underwater with Kristen Stewart, which I've, I, we talked about on the yeah. podcast, which was amazing. Um, and I thought this was great. Like this completely took me by surprise. Russell Crowe is great in it. He's the, he's the guy operating the drone in the film. So this is like kind of old cranky uh, Russell Crowe sitting in an office kind of coordinating what's going on and and i love it does that thing that a hurt locker did a little bit where like you know you'll see like how scary what's happening on the mission on the ground is and you cut to like these uh officers these agents in a in an air hangar in reno nevada or las vegas the nevada like going to a snack machine 
with a headset on, like, you know, manning a drone that's dropping bombs that are wiping off, like, <laughs> it's just, it's visually, it's like, it, and they do some really cool stuff with cutting between that stuff, like when time is of essence, mm -hmm. and um, a lot of the hand-to-hand, -hand, like, gun scenes and the attack scenes. I was just like, I popped it on, you know, Saturday night, and I was like, ah, Aaron went out to dinner with her friends. I was like, I, you know, I, 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 I might go check this out. And I was like, wow, I'm really way more into this than I thought I was going to be. And, uh, you know, crowd was into it. It just, I don't know, it played really well. And yeah. I was surprised how much I liked it. Um, but yeah, it's called Land of Bad. Again, it's in theaters now. And, and I don't think it's a wide release, but it's got some sort of limited release. And I think it's got a VOD thing coming soon. I don't know if, if you have anybody checked that out as I was speaking, but... Um, I have a feeling it's kind of one of those deals where it's out for a couple weeks and then it'll be available at home. Um, but again, Land of Bad. Not a great title, but um, <laughs> a really, really good action movie, though. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. What else? What else? I think I'm good. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm good, too, huh? I wanted to ask you guys: Did any other of you finish or watch all of uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith? Not yet. Yes, I did. Okay. Well, let let let's wait. Let let John finish it, then we can kind of okay. Start cool. Yeah, we need to do a TV roundup uh, at some point, or yeah, whatever we, can, we, we, we we can hold that then. Yeah, because streaming I feel, series I, roundup. I was I hadn't even started it over the last like four days. I went through the whole season, so mm -hmm. we're due be, to do the same thing soon. We we <clears> should <throat> add that to the list, and when you get through it john we should definitely uh chit chat about it um i just checked so land of bad if you're interested actually it's coming on streaming on march 19th oh nice so okay. it'll have like a, i guess a three to four week window in theaters and then you can watch it at home all right so again next week we got john's pick for red eye for the required viewing uh but the the, the guts the meat of that episode is going to be dune Doom Part Two. Uh, I'm beyond excited. Can't wait to go to this press screening and see it on an IMAX screen. Hopefully, there's no technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, oh, but oh, no. review embargo is up. Certified fresh, 97, 98 percent. People loving it. Comparisons to you know Empire to Lord of the Rings, like uh, like massive, massive love for. Um, a possible sci-fi new classic. So I, I'm, I can't wait to see it and talk about it with you guys. But again, that'll be on next week's episode. Um, Moviesmovie.com is the website. You can go there to check out past episodes, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to listen to the show on any podcast platform of your choice. And if you want to subscribe to the video option, you go to youtube.com slash podcast and hit subscribe and hit that bell. So you get notifications when the new videos come out. Um, Otherwise, we'll talk next week. Again, Dune Part 2 coming soon. Um, and as always, you made our day. Thanks. Bye.